In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. We heard the readings in the morning, and even the readings in the evening, and all of them nearly has one topic. The old nation, the chosen nation, has been rejected. Israel has been rejected. That's why the Lord cursed the fig tree today. So we can find the summary of all readings in the first gospel we read today in the evening. It was the gospel of St. Luke, chapter 13, and from verse 23 to verse 30. So our title is The Joy of Entering the Narrow Gate. We hear a lot about the narrow gate and we feel sad about it or upset or we feel it's too hard. Today our topic is the joy of entering the narrow gate. We'll split our talk into two parts. The first one will understand what Jesus did and what the Jews understood from him at that time. Then the second part how to apply it in our life. Our guide will be Saint Cyril the Great in his homily number 99 on the Gospel of Saint Luke. The homily is available online in English and in Arabic if you would like to read the whole homily. So first of all, what is the narrow gate? The narrow gate is a small gate as part of the gates of the uh, 12 gates of Jerusalem. I'm sure most of us, if not all of us, visited monasteries in Egypt. Find a very big gate which allows the big trucks to enter into the monastery and then a small one just for individuals. So those who studied the time of Jesus, how Jerusalem looked like, they said was two things. The big gate used to be closed by the sun set around 6 p.m. The narrow gate used to be closed three, three hours later at, at 9 p.m. And if you missed the narrow gate, there is no way to enter into the city. You have to stay to the next day. This is how it looks like at that time. We'll find that sensor showing us that the narrow gate has two, two different meanings. And even the text of Saint, the Gospel of St. Luke is showing us the two meanings of this narrow gate. Let me read with you again the first two verses from the Gospel of St. Luke, verse 23 and 24 from chapter 13. Then one said to him, Lord, are there few who are saved? And he said to them, Strive to enter through the narrow gate, for many, I say to you, will seek to enter and will not be able. Many are seeking this gate. Many wants to enter into the city. It's not now anymore the old Jerusalem. It is the heavenly Jerusalem. So there is two warnings from our Lord in this gospel. The first one, there is a time where the gate will be closed. That's why every single verse in the Bible about repentance is repent now, not after five minutes, not after the feast, not after a week. Repent now. Why? Next verse, verse 25. When once the master of the house has risen up and shut the door, and you begin to stand outside and knock at the door, saying, Lord, Lord, open for us. What does it mean? It is a time when the gate, the narrow gate, will be closed. So the first warning is repentance is now. Second thing is it's a narrow gate. 
you need to go inside this narrow gate. But how you call it? It's the joy of entering the narrow gate. Because once you enter into Jerusalem, the heavenly Jerusalem, you'll feel the wildness and the infinity <coughs> of the joy of the Lord, the joy of the family of God. So when we, when we think of a narrow gate, we feel down. It's a joyful place, it's a joyful gate, but it's repentance now, and once we enter, we will have the wideness of the infinity of the heaven. Let me now show you the words of St. Cyril, how he showed us the meaning of this narrow gate. Again, it's homily 99 on Luke chapter 13. Now I consider it my duty to mention why the door is narrow. Why? Why is it joyful to enter into this narrow door or narrow gate? Through which a man goes unto life. Remember, it's a door unto life and life eternal. Yes, we start here and then we continue eternally. Whosoever then would enter must of necessity first before everything else possess an upright and uncorrupted faith. Remember, the whole theme of today, God is proclaiming, I rejected the fig tree. I cursed the fig tree. I rejected the Jewish nation. They are not my chosen people anymore. Why? Because they did not believe in him. And be careful here. God can reject a nation, but he will never reject a person. Remember that the first group of the disciples were Jews. Yes, he rejected the nation with its false belief, false uh, life, but he accepting is accepting everyone and anyone. Remember in the Old Testament, he rejected the Moabites, but he accepted Ruth. He rejected uh, the people of Ammon, but he accepted a cure when he came to him, and many other stories in the Old Testament. So God is rejecting a nation because of the evil worship, but he's accepting anyone from any nation who comes to him in person. So first of all, before everything else, possess an upright and uncorrupted faith. Because of their rejection and their superficial worship, they have been rejected. And secondly, a spotless morality. From where we get this spotless morality? From the upright faith. This again, the same words of Saint Athanasius. He was telling us, if you obtained a pride face, you will, it will lead you to a godly life. A spotless morality in which is no possibility of blame according to the measure of human righteousness. For so the prophet David also somewhere else say, says very excellently, framing his supplication unto God, Judge me, O Lord, according to my righteousness and according to my innocency, requite me. So St. Cyril is telling us two options or two meanings of the narrow gate. First, you need to obtain the upright faith in, in the Lord Jesus Christ as the only Savior and the only King. And secondly, to live accordingly a spotless life of morality. Then, what else? He's telling us that those people, if we continue in the Gospel of St. Luke, they will come, Lord, Lord, open for us, and he will answer and say to you, I don't know you, where you are from. Here is a big question mark. How come that the Lord himself is telling someone, I don't know you? 
The Lord knows every, everything and knows everyone. How come? And here let me share with you the words of St. Augustine. St. Augustine is telling us on the first day when we entered into the church, we have been baptized and chrismated. And then the Lord gave us an icon. This icon is the new life received from Christ with a plan to live accordingly. In the end, he will ask you, where is your icon? Where is the plan I have given to you? If we messed up, he said, I don't know you. What does it mean for St. Augustine? This is not what I designed. This is not what I planned for you. I don't know what it is. It's your mess. It's not my design. We did not fit in the divine plan that God has made it for you. This is the meaning of I don't know you. Then they will tell him, but he will say, then they will begin to say, we ate and drank in your presence and you taught in our streets. And be careful here. Again, it is the word of Saint Cyril. With the above named, you may number certain others also as able to say to the judge, you have eaten and drunk in, in your presence and you have taught in our streets. We have watched you in the TV. We were watching the Pascha online. Yes. We were watching uh, the prayer and midnight prayers online, which is great for the time being. But did you pray it? It's not about watching. Did you live the life of the saints? You have seen all the films of the life of the saints. Did you live it? Did you pursue this walk of spotless morality, as Saint Cyril said? Then he will say, and who again are these? Many have believed in Christ. This is again the words of Saint Cyril. Many have believed in Christ and celebrate the holy festivals in his honor. And frequently the churches, they also hear the doctrines of the gospel, but they lay up in their mind of the truth of the scripture absolutely nothing. He didn't store anything in their minds. You can keep the sermons online for 24 hours, but nothing entered into your mind or your heart. There is no transformation in my life. Still my life is immoral. He is looking for upright faith and spotless morality. And it is with difficulty that the practice of virtue is brought with them even to that extent. While of spiritual fruit, fruitfulness, their heart is quite bare. We have nothing. So Saint Cyril again is telling us, be careful. You will he yes, you heard about the Lord, but you don't talk to him in person. You heard about the Lord and you spoke about him, but you didn't speak to him. You didn't listen to his word. No one has seen a transformed life in you because of the word, because you know the Lord. That's why it's a joy of entering the narrow gate when we choose the upright face, when we seek it, when we search for it day and night. And then, consequently, we live a spotless morality, as the words of Saint Cyril of Alexandria. Then, at the very end, because it's the story of rejecting the Israelites. What does it mean? <clears throat> From now on, the Gentiles will join the new nation, the new chosen nation. Why? 
This is the last paragraph of the homily of Saint Cyril. But that the Jews were about to fall utterly from the rank of being, in a spiritual sense, his household. This is again the whole idea of the day. Now the Jews are going utterly fall from being his household. And that the multitude of the Gentiles should enter in their stead. He showed by saying that there shall come from the east and from the west, from the north and from the south, many who receive the call and shall rest with the saints. It's my choice and your choice. The joy of entering the narrow gate is a personal choice. Yes, we heard about the Lord. Yes, we have <coughs> watched and heard many sermons. He is telling us it's time to be transformed, to enter and to repent now. We said the narrow gate, it's about time, we have to repent now, and about choosing the spotless morality, as per the words of Saint Cyril the Great. Let me share with you two verses from Amos, and then we'll conclude our words. Amos chapter 4. The Israelites from the very early used to do things from outside. That's why you'll find most of the rebuking of the scribes and the Pharisees, they say it right, but they do it wrong. That's why in Matthew chapter 23, at the very first beginning, he told them, do whatever they are telling you, but don't do what they do. Because they say it, and they don't do it. In Amos chapter 4, and verse 4 and 5, as if sometimes we say, what do you want me from me, from Lord? Tithes, I will tithe. You want me to change food? I will change food. But my heart's still too far. Come to Bethel and transgress at Gilgal. Multiply transgressions. How come? Bring your sacrifices every morning. Your tithes every three days. They are doing it very properly. And even more than what was requested. They will tithe every three days. Offer a sacrifice of thanksgiving with leaven. Proclaim and announce the free will offerings. We will add something from our side. But the beginning is, come to Bethel and transgress. At Gilgal, multiply transgressions. Amos 4, 4 and 5. For this you love, you children of Israel, says the Lord God. That's why they were rejected. They went into captivity, the kingdom of the north, because of this behavior. From outside we go every morning, we tithe every three days, like but we lost it all. The last thing is how to apply this in our days today. We said this is the meaning of the gospel within the context of their time, what Jesus meant and how the Jews understood it. But now for me and for you, it's a great invitation to have the joy of entering the narrow gate. To seek the upright face, not by hearing only. Search, we have time now. God looked down everyone at home to tell you and me, search your faith, enrich your faith, ask your spiritual father how we can have a spotless morality based on the upright face. When Christ came on earth, he came to transform our humanity, to restore us once more, to enter and to have the joy of entering the narrow gate. It's time to see that the Lord is seeking every single soul at any circumstances. Especially in this time, we have time to search and to seek. 
we have time to enjoy the encounter with our Lord Jesus Christ. Remember, the whole day is about rejecting a nation. And now he is inviting everyone for the upright faith and for the spotless morality by entering into the narrow gate. Let us all pray in this week. Lord, it's enough. We were doing things like the Israelites, I may be less. They were rejected. We don't want to hear it. I don't know you. We want to hear it come and enter into this kingdom that I prepared for you from before the foundation of the world. It's time to enjoy being in the church, not in a building, but in the living body of Christ, searching and assuring ourselves with our upright face and in the fullness of a new life, spotless morality. May the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you from now and forever and ever. Amen. Now let us pray the conclusion.